Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 1236 in Evident. Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott with you on Oilers Now where guests receive gift certificates from Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal's an occasion at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. As we go to our Oilers Now headliner today for Will Hawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Will Hawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Edmonton Oilers split a series with the Calgary Flames. We speak to former Oilers player and uh, current Oilers television analyst. He joins us every Thursday on Oilers Now, Louis DeBrusque. Hello, Louis. How are you doing? I'm doing well, bud. I'm doing fine today. How are you doing? Good. Did you like the response from the Oilers last night? Yeah, I thought that was uh, kind of the response they were looking for, for sure. Uh, I didn't quite expect that much of an explosion in the third period. I thought it was a pretty tight, hard-fought game, which they were, for the most part, in control of, but um, to have that explosion in the third period just kind of separated them and allowed them to kind of walk through that uh, final 20 and uh, get the win. But, you know, listen, that's something this team has done very well this year. After losses, they've been able to elevate, come back with a good performance and uh, and get a win, and we're seeing that a lot, and not only in just this division but in the league this year due to the, the structure of uh, having games in succession against the same team. It's, uh, it's respond or else go down uh, even further into the hole. Uh, Louis, I, were you? Was there not like a nine-one or a ten-one game that you were a part of in Calgary, where you guys, you guys just pounded them down there one night? Yeah, I do remember a game like that. Um, I honestly don't remember if I played it or not, though, Bob. But I do remember it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you know, I, it's funny. I um, ask me about fights. I'll usually remember those, but those those games that are usually racked up that much, there's usually some fisticuffs that came along with that. Uh, and so I imagine if I was in, there are, there would have been some of that. But there's been a few there's been a few games that got racked up back in the day, and that usually meant uh, I would get a lot of ice time in the second half of the game. Yeah, and the Oilers did that last night. I mean, there weren't fights. Uh, there has been, a, by the way, and TSN, ins- and I forget which TSN insider. It might have been Sarah Valley. It might have been Pierre Lebrun or uh, uh, Darren Drager. But they mentioned a couple days ago that fighting was up 42% in the National Hockey League. Yeah. Uh, we actually had someone text the show here on our Ashley Fine Floors text line and say, Bob, were you disappointed Zach Cassian didn't settle a score with Brent Ritchie after what happened at Kira? I'm like, are you uh, kidding? He just came back yeah, from a, I was just a seven, say, 17, be... <laughs> 17 you know, games. Like, you know, give the guy a break. 
Yeah, sorry, Bob. I didn't mean to cut you off there. But, yeah, you know, I thought the same thing, too. And, listen, we come back from a hand injury like that, it's, you, you have to be careful. And I don't think he wants to be uh, ricocheting his knuckles off of buckets right away. Listen, I, I give Kara all the respect in the world for what he's done coming back into the lineup. He's elevated his toughness. He's dropped the gloves against some big dudes. And, listen, he, he, he got hit with one. Um, just like he's hit some guys with good shots himself. Um, so I don't, uh, I don't look at that and say, you know, there's no shame in that. I mean, take it from a guy that's taken his, his share and given his share. I, I, listen, it's just the way it goes. You're going to play that way. You're going to win some. You're going to lose some. Um, unfortunate for Jujar because I thought he was playing really well and he was a physical guy. And, and listen, I know it's a little bit out of his comfort zone to do those things. And you have to have the utmost respect for somebody that's able to get out of their comfort zone and do things um, at that level. I, re- I really do. I'm not just saying that. For him to kind of step outside of his, you know, zone where he feels safe and, and, and play a little more reckless, drop the gloves more often, my hat's off to him. And that's why Dave Tippett said nothing but great things about him lately because that's the type of game he's playing, and, and this shouldn't set him back at all. Listen, that was a big, tough guy that he fought in Richie, and, and Richie was just answering what happened to one of his teammates, no different than Dejar would do in his sense if somebody hit somebody on his team. Uh, there was there was no malice to it. Yeah, you know what? He lost the fight. Whoop de do. You know what? He he set the tone with a big hit. Lost the fight. Team responded the next game with a big win. And I'm sure when he gets back in there, he'll be right back to normal. But you don't like to see anybody get hit like that go down. But yeah. um, I give him credit for taking the fight because I don't think he really even had to. To be totally honest with you, in today's day and, day and age, I'm gonna I'm gonna respect him for taking that fight. And that's only the player that can make that decision. But I think as as Jujar gets going and, and, and recognizes that he can be really effective in that role, take the fight when you're ready for it. Don't always let the opposition have that chance to fight when they want to fight. And you know who the best at that was? Marty McSorley. You know, Marty McSorley was a guy that I fought, I don't know, seven times in my career. And let me tell you something. I didn't fight him too often where it wasn't on his terms. He was a 25-minute defenseman. He played a lot. So when he chose to fight, he fought under his terms. And that was the way he did it and the way he earned the ability to do that with his career, the way he played. So, you know, I look at, at today's day and age and, you know, listen, I think there's a real kind of, you know, for Kara, I think there's an expectation there. He understands that. So when Richie comes out and challenges him, he's like, okay, yeah. But you could kind of tell he's like, really? Like, I didn't even think it was that bad of a hit. But, you know what, if you're not ready or you don't want to take the fight at that time, then don't take it. That's fine. Take it at another time. Late in the game when you're energetic and you feel good, maybe give a guy a cross. You can say, hey, you know what? If you want to do this now, I can do it now. Or, you know what, maybe it's the next of five games you're going to play against that team. And, you know, that can work in your favor as well. And I'm not saying shying away from fighting. What I'm saying is fight on your terms. And yeah. uh, But listen, that was a face-off. Both guys were fresh. And like I've always said to you, Bob, I think that's the most honorable thing you can do sure. is come out to the face-off, drop the gloves when both guys are completely fresh, ready to go. And then it's up to whoever's in that engagement to decide whether or not they want to drop the gloves. But listen, I have all the time in the world right now to talk about how Kara has turned his season around because this is a guy that was on the taxi squad, cleared waivers. I mean, you're wondering if he's going to get back in the lineup. And he just dug in, and, and, and that should be a real good message to everybody else on this, in this organization. Listen, if you buckle down and do the things you can do, yeah. you're going to get your chance, and you can make good on it. One thing that used to frustrate me a bit with Oilers fans in the 
and, and look, they're awesome. They're incredible fans, and everyone's entitled to their opinion. But Dustin Penner used to stand up for his teammates. You know what? When when yep. Sa- when Sam Gagne or Alex Hemsky got routed, it was Dustin Penner that he rarely fought for himself. When he did fight, it was usually stepping up when somebody. You know, I remember Hemsky got hit one time and he went after a guy and filled him in. And uh, another time, uh, I remember uh, Landon Wilson, who was a big, strong guy, started something. You know, was running around a bit and Dustin filled him in. And I got to tie this in a Jujarakera. On three separate occasions, Chris, Christian Fullen running yes to pull Yarby down in L.A., uh, Cal Clutterbuck drilling Ilro Packer in and uh, basically head first in the Oilers' bench. He went after those guys. And then this season, when Bennett has... Bennett collided with Cuckoo. I don't even think there was malicious intent on Bennett's part. Just like with Kara, I don't think there was malicious mm-hmm. intent with Chillington. But he, you know, he went with Bennett, he, and that was one where Bennett didn't open up and fight open the way he has at times because he fights from downtown, and he didn't because of Kara's size. And just on Brett Ritchie, Louie. You know we've talked about R- Brett Ritchie, the connection to Aaron Downey training him. Um, oh yeah, you know, like this guy is a. Sl- I wanted I wanted him here a couple of years ago, right? Like he's a Whoa. he's he's a he's a sleeper as one of those guys because he's <laughs> so, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's no, not. He a- is. No, I agree. I agree with you. He's tough. He's really tough. And the thing is, like, and listen, you're right. Kara did really well in that that fight against Bennett, and I even when he went out there and took that fight off the off the center ice face off, I'm like, ooh, this could get. This could be interesting because Bennett does throw from downtown, but he handled him effectively. But listen, you step up in weight class, you fight Good Branson one night, you fight, you know, Brett Ritchie one night, and Brett was in Boston with my son, and I watched him a lot. Listen, this guy's tough. When he when he drops the glove, there isn't anybody that he can't tangle with, and that's a big part of his game too. So that was something that obviously for Ritchie, he feels he needs to do to stick around in that lineup with the Flames, and he wants to stick in that lineup. So. Like I said, I don't. Only only the player on the ice can decide whether or not you're going to drop the gloves at that time. He took the fight, good on him. Didn't go his way, no big deal. Just like the Bennett fight didn't go his way. It's it's just the way it works. Yep. And you know, I'm glad he's doing well. I'm glad he's okay. It sounds like he's skating. He doesn't have yep. any ill effects from the shot. It was kind of a glancing off the chin. You know, just kind of that flash knockdown buckled him for a bit. And you know what? You can usually shake those off. Those are usually ones that don't really bother you too much. But, uh, listen, I like the way he's played. I hope it doesn't change the way he plays because he still has to play that way. And now, you know what? Like I said, you can be a little selective in who you drop the gloves with. You're a valuable player. You're killing penalties. You're, you're going out there and you're checking lines. Like, And as your value grows, then you can start to choose and pick when you drop the gloves more often. All right, Louis. Let's switch. So the Oilers, Calgary won playing their way four three on Monday night. Uh, the Oilers conversely got the jump last night and they got power plays, and it became a lot. Louis, in the last seven times the Oilers have played the Flames, three times they've scored seven or more goals against Calgary, uh, and there obviously McDavid. McDavid's been unbelievable this year against Calgary. He's got 16 points in six games against the Flames this year. But I want to talk about Tyson Berry on defense and maybe how he has changed the dynamic of what the Oilers' D can do. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, it has. It's certainly just given them an element that they didn't have before. You know, they didn't have that wandering, um, really offensive-minded defense that becomes a fourth forward on the attack. And listen, credit Nurse this year. He's done that a little bit this year. I think all defense are really starting to try and find that 
that balance between when to jump up on the offense and be an option and when to make sure you're being safe and playing a defensive game. But for Barry, listen, we knew coming into this year that that was his forte, playing in Colorado, playing with the lease. That's the strength of his game. And I'm not going to sit here and say, listen, he's not a great defensive player because I think that you know, it gets overlooked some of the good things that he does defensively because of his offense. But it's a great pairing, and Dave Tippett talked about that today. The pairing with Darnell Nurse seems to work. Darnell's taken on a heavy role this year in the absence of Clefbaum, and it's allowed Tyson Berry to play that free type of game where Dave Tippett said that he excels. And, you know, that's just a coach knowing a player. Um, he said he needs to get freer. He was thinking too much at the start of the year, trying to do too much. He just kind of lets loose a little bit, starts to play his game, starts to feel pretty good, and next thing you know, he's leading all defense and points in the National Hockey League. He's having a terrific year. He's really having a great year this year. And you can see the confidence growing with him every game that he plays. And when you have the ability to play that free game, you play faster, you make better plays, you don't bumble the puck as much, you just are sharper in your total game. But you know, for me, the power play is one thing, and the power play is really starting to blossom again. As it's, I think it's kind of just gone along this year and gotten a little bit better each time they've went through sequences. But the five-on-five play for me, that's where I really notice it, especially the offensive zone time. Defense that are able to activate, move into the offensive zone a little deeper, keep the play alive, switch a little bit with fours, create that cycle from up top and the bottom. It just makes it very hard to defend against. And how many times have we seen either the dry side of the line go out there, the McDavid line go out there, and hem a team in for, you know, a minute, minute and a half where they just can't do anything because all five guys on the ice are in rotation and touching the puck. It's just it's the way the game should be played, I think. It's always exciting to watch teams that play that way. And I think Tyson Berry's injection into the lineup this year has allowed them to do that more often. You have the call tonight with Jack on the TV side. I've got Mooner with me on the radio side tonight. Why is it uh, that these games at the Winnipeg are are so entertaining? There and you know, like there's lots of people that are cheering for. Like they might say, "Well, you know what? Winnipeg lost their team. They got their team back." They might be the other Canadian team's second favorite team. I, that might be the, certainly in Western Canada. I'm going to suggest to you for Oilers fans, they like the Jets more than they like the Flames and the Canucks because they hate the Flames and the Canucks. Go for it, Louis. They're an exciting team. You know, and I've, I've got to see the Jets a lot in the last few years and you know look at their top six look at their top nine you know and then you know I uh, tip was quick to point out the fact that their third line is pretty solid too you can put that Lowry line out against anybody and Paul Maurice does he uses that line to get matchups that he wants on the road he's going to use that line a lot tonight and you know allows him to put you know either the Pierre-Luc Dubois line out there against the matchup that he wants or the Shifley line out there against the lineup that he wants and when you have that that luxury of doing that, um, it really does open up some space. But the firepower they have in their top six is ridiculous. Same with Edmonton. You look at both of these teams, and that's why there's so much excitement around these two two teams when they play each other. Now, I know that there have been times where they've tried to play real sound defense, and they've done that for a period at a time where they just shut each other down, but eventually the floodgates kind of open, and when it starts to go north and south, I mean, we love it. I mean, I know the fans love it. The coaches maybe don't like it too much, but that's what happens. And, and you know, tonight it'll be so important for each team respectively, especially Edmonton, just to be in that sound game, play a solid sound game. This is a team that scored more goals than anybody in the National Hockey League. They lead the National Hockey League with 110 goals for. So, listen, they can score enough goals to win games. We know that. 
It's defending. Can you play a solid enough defensive game, wait for your opportunities at the right time? That's going to be the game plan for Edmonton tonight. And on the flip side, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets are saying the same thing. They look across and see McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins. They see Tyson Berry and Darnell Nurse on defense who are having excellent years. Make no mistake about it. There's a healthy amount of respect from each side, respectively, directed towards the other team. And sometimes that makes for a great game. Sometimes that makes for a little bit of a chess match early on. But it seems when these two teams meet, especially this year, it might start off defensively, but then it, it seems to open up in stretches, and that's when it gets really exciting. Louis, is Neil Pionk the most underrated defenseman in Canada? I think he might be the most underrated defenseman in the league. Honestly, I, every time I watch this guy, he just seems to do a little bit of everything. He really does. What a great pickup for them. And when I saw that deal initially, I'm like, wow, they're giving away a big hulking defenseman back there, right-handed shot in Truba. And I didn't know a lot about Neil Pionk. I really didn't. I, I knew that he played well, and I knew he'd had some good um, stretches of the season put together. But he's really come into his own in Winnipeg. And I think – you know, for me, it's just you can just see the confidence in his game. He's just taken on a little bit more of that leadership role. The pairing with him and Forbert have been excellent for them, and not only just a shutdown role, but providing offense as well. You know, Forbert was involved in two big goals last night where he was, you know, a direct result in the goal, in my opinion. And, you know, Pionk, for me, he just will come up with a big play when a big play is necessary. And, you know, there's not too many defensemen in the league in my opinion, like him, that can play in every facet of the game. You know, that can be a great power play specialist, can, can kill, be a, a shutdown pairing with a guy like Forbert and shut down a McDavid. Like, literally go head-to-head with the best players in the league and, and then five-on-five five do the same thing. Those are valuable, valuable guys. And, yeah, I agree with you. He's very underrated. I don't, I don't think for too much longer, though, if it hasn't gotten out already, um, we certainly know about it here in Canada in the North Division this year with the way he's played this year. But, um, you know, I don't think it'll be too long before teams understand that he's just a, a real, real solid defenseman. Uh, and I think some guys have found out that he's a real solid defenseman because he passed Well, he's, that's the physical part of it, too. That's the, that's the part that I really didn't know until this year. Good point is, is, is how physical he is. He's a great hitter. And you don't have to be the biggest guy. Look at Josh, Josh Archibald and Edmonton. You know, that guy finishes his check every single time. But he doesn't just finish it. He punishes you. He throws all of his weight into that hit. And Neil Pionk's the same. I mean, the one game, the last game here at Rogers' place, he popped McDavid a couple times, tried, and he hit he hit Dreisaitl with a real solid body check, too. You know, listen, that's the game he has to play. They're targeting those players, and on the flip side, Edmonton should be doing the same tonight. They should be looking over and saying, listen, we need to play a real hard, aggressive game against the top players of this Winnipeg Jets team. When they have the puck, you need to hit them, you need to grind them down, and you need to make it a real tough battle. And should be a good one tonight. I'm really looking forward to it. I, I think these two teams, as you mentioned, they're on the rise. First place is up for grabs. For Edmonton, they can be the first team in the North to 20 wins if they win tonight. I mean, this is it's a big game. Um, it's a two-game series, and I think they should be taking it really serious as they are, and it'll be a good one. It'll be a real good one. See you in about uh, four hours, Louis. Sounds good, bud. That is... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
It's Louis Russ from NHL Hockey and Rogers. It is 1254 in Edmonton. We will take a timeout. You are listening to Oilers Now. Hi, this is Oscar Clefbaum from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Shed. In my opinion, the game is different than it used to be. Ken Holland has a long track record of being very patient with guys. Um, at the same time, I don't think Ken's afraid to bring in a guy if his team, his team of scouts, said is as determined he could come in and help. I believe he could come in and help right away. I really do. I think he plays heavy enough. He skates well enough. I think you're bang on. I think if that ever did happen, it would probably be at wing. Um, you know, the, the, the game is different now. Kids are so well prepared. It's not like it was 15, 20 years ago. So for me, he very easily could make a pretty positive impact, in my opinion. You won't know until he gets there. But, uh, boy, it'd be hard not to be thinking that way if you were the GM, if you were the coach, if you were whoever for the Edmonton Oilers. That is Brian Lawton speaking about Dylan Holloway and whether or not the Oilers can make an organic uh, improvement at some point at the conclusion of Dylan's NCAA season, whenever that is. They've got the regional playoffs coming up here shortly. Do they make it to the Frozen Four? Time will tell. Uh, and we mentioned, because Brian's represented players that have come out of the NCAA, and he's been a general manager in the National Hockey League as well. Um, we are going to go to the orders now. Injury Report is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. For every goal at the orders score, James H. Brown donates $100 to 630Chad Santa's Anonymous. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Back at the 630Chad Studios, Brendan Escott. Okay, well, it sounds like Jujar Kara still day-to-day with that upper body injury. Alex Stalock, we know, is wrapping up a stint in quarantine, and Clefbaum and Cuckoo are definitely done for the year. Uh, out of Winnipeg, Nathan Beaulieu, week-to-week on the IR. He's got an upper body injury. I believe that's because he blocked a shot uh, against Toronto last week. Brian Little has been uh, out indefinitely since November. He's got an inner ear issue. Uh, Golden Knights goaltender Robin Leonard announced that his upper body injury was a concussion that had been holding him out several weeks. Decided to make that announcement to uh, spell the rumors that he was dealing with uh, more mental health issues. And Kale McCarr will finally return to the Avalanche lineup for the first time since February 26th. He is clear of an upper body injury. Coming up at 105 today for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta is the leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication solar. Kevin Weeks, we will uh, discuss uh, the Battle of Alberta, but also the progression of goaltenders and specifically hit on uh, Connor Hellebuck of the Jets, a fifth round pick, and the Edmonton Oilers prospect Stuart Skinner, who did not start last night in Bakersfield's, uh, Bakersfield's uh, 4-3 loss, which ended what was a nine-game winning streak. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.